to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How is it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, another day, another productive practice, another day of getting smarter as we heard from both players and coaches today. It was the defensive assistants and a handful of players. I had some fun conversations with safeties coach Steve Gregory, defensive line coach Austin Clark, outside linebackers coach Tyrone McKenzie, plus we'll hear from Josh Boyer, Sam Madison, Pat Sertan, Anthony Campanelli, and of course the practice notes and some player media. Busy podcast today from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. So a little bit different of a structure for the podcast today is we were fortunate enough to get the defensive assistance today before practice. So I want to use as much of those sound bites as we can. I'll weave some of it into the practice notes here and there, and we'll play some bonus unrelated sound bites later on in the podcast. And I think we start at what has become the broken record of this portion of the podcast, 10 and 17, Cheetah and Penguin. Every day we get something a little bit new that tantalizes the senses with these guys. Today, it was three catch and runs that really provide quite the complement to what we saw on Saturday with all the long ball completions. First, Tua finds Tyreek after a really wicked route, creates some separation to the top uh, over the middle of the field. And as he comes out of the break, the ball is just right there and he runs right through it. And that was the last we'd see of him on that play. Bye-bye. Show him your taillights, touchdown time. He put one little move on after the catch, really without any deceleration. And I think there was, I think there probably isn't a defense out there that stops him on that play. Then Skylar Thompson checks into the game, or in, into practice, I should say, with a really nice ball to Jalen Waddle, nearly identical to the, to the Tyreek play. And it was the same result. And I have to tell you, that might have been the fastest I've seen Jalen look like no cap. He was cooking on that particular one. Then he comes back and looks fast again when Tua comes back into the game and throws into the game, into practice, and throws a ball similar to the one that we saw last year versus the Carolina Panthers. And Jalen did the exact same thing. And unlike the earlier play, but akin to the Panthers play, the defense had some safeties up over the top who were able to usher Jalen out of bounds after, I don't know, 30 or 40 uh, yard catch and run. But these 12, 15, 18 yard hits are becoming explosive plays, big gainers for the offense. And that's why you put the resources in to bring in two rare athletes and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Speaking of, I talked to Eric Rowe about defending those guys, those guys being Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <clears throat> and he talked about something we cover on the podcast pretty extensively the last couple of days and I guess the last week about how the routes all look so similar and what they do and the ability to put the stress and urgency on the defense, both in the vertical in the intermediate and the short game. And obviously we know about what those guys can do with the football in their hands in the screen game, the quick game, all that stuff. But just about the variety of skill sets of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, the impact it has on the defense, but also beyond that, 
the ability of those guys to be so multifaceted, not just be speed merchants, one trick ponies, as you'll hear him talk about. Here's the Miami safety talking about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, you know, you have guys in the league that are just, you know, we'll call them just go route runners, right? They're fast, but that's all they can do. They can't really run any routes. I mean, these two guys, um, yeah, they're, they're route running. They're, they're, the way they break down, the way they get in and out their breaks, the way they run through the ball, you know, if they run a stop, they're not waiting for the ball. They're coming back for it. I mean, just, you know, stuff like that, you know, kind of makes you great. And that's the product, right? The result, we've been talking about the success in the intermediate passing game so far through practice. Here's the coach's perspective. Safety's coach Stephen Gregory talking about the impact of Waddle and Hill on a defense. Yeah, well, anytime you got two receivers that are that fast, right, they can climb and get vertical into the defense extremely fast. I mean, it puts stress on the, on the back end. It puts stress not only on the DBs, but the linebackers, the whole scheme uh, as, it, as it meshes together. So, you know, that speed, that, that, that vertical release into the defense, you know, Guys got to be thinking about over the top, right? And then it opens up the intermediate part of the field. So, you know, it's, it's great to see those guys out there, especially when they're both out there on the field together. I mean, it, it's definitely a unique element. And it's just so fitting that the 65-yard connection on Saturday was one practice before this intermediate damage gets done in a practice with Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So I asked Coach about the play from the defense's perspective about how challenging that is to handle with that type of speed and, and multiplicity for the offense to be able to attack at the different levels. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, I mean, you know, we're very multiple as a defense. We're giving them a lot of different looks and we're doing a lot of different things uh, schematically. And to see Tua just launch that ball and stripe it out there to Tyreek Hill, I mean, hopefully that's a preview of what's to come on Sundays. I mean, anytime our offense has success, you know, yeah, we're mad as a defense. Like, we want to always be perfect. We want to strive to do everything right. But at the same time, those are our teammates. So, you know, we encourage them when they make great catches or, or, or great plays. I mean, that's encouraging and, and, and we enjoy that and we you know, relish in that. Like, it's fun to watch. So for Waddle and Tyreek, it was more of the same on Monday. A lot of the same from Tua as well. Sharp, efficient, ball out quick. When he went off script, he's done well to push the ball down the field when it's there, but also when it's not there, just eat it, throw it away, and live to fight another day. That rhymes. He did throw his second pick of camp on a ball that was a little bit further than where Jalen Waddle was. I don't know what happened on the play, but they were in different spots, the ball and Waddle. And Trill Williams, a great job to go up high and one-handed pick it off. You know, offense makes their big plays. Defense gets paid too, and he made a play on this one. But in red zone, and as we heard Coach McDaniel talk about back in OTAs, I think it was, how Tua's accuracy and skills really translate to efficient red zone passing and a call back to Warren Sharp's stats on the podcast the other day about Tua having the third highest ranked ball placement metrics in red zone passing last year. Kind of tracks. I thought we saw that today as well. He had touchdowns to Stephen Carter, Chase Edmonds, and Jalen Waddell in one session. Ball was out quick, on target a lot there for QB1. Eric Ezukama had another red zone touchdown grab from Skylar Thompson, who got some good work in today. He also caught a short pass in red zone work earlier in practice where he just catches it, rolls right into the end zone. And you kind of note the quickness and size as a very nice combination down there when things condense in that red zone. Speaking of Skylar, he and fellow rookie Braylon Sanders ran through the stretch line and copied the Tyreek Saturday pre-practice hype-up session. And I look over at Tyreek, and he's got the thumbs down, boo, boo, as the rest of the team egged it on. So a really fun atmosphere out here at practice. And that also includes, by the way, Wes Welker going through the stretch line, 
busting out his own version of the gritty, which I uh, love to see that. Let's actually go ahead and hear from running back Miles Gaskin on the moment with Skylar Thompson and Braylon Sanders as he kind of gives you a, a peek into the atmosphere out here and how guys respond to Coach McDaniel's atmosphere at Dolphins practice. Here's Miles Gaskin. Definitely, definitely. I think being an older guy now, you get to see the rookies come in. You see how they're a little bit nervous first day, and they loosen up, and you get to see their personality. Um, coach definitely brings a different type of vibe. The whole coaching staff brings a different type of vibe that I, I say I'm used to and kind of all the years I played football, but it's exciting. It's exciting. He's a young dude, and he kind of speaks to, speaks our language, so it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, he relates. He relates to us. And I think when you have that, guys just want to play for him. Guys want to make plays for themselves, obviously, for his team, obviously, but also for the coach and this, this that, and third, you know? Let's come back to Miles here in just one second, but first go to the tight ends as Mike Gesicki snares a touchdown grab from Skylar Thompson in traffic. thought that was a really nice catch and throw from the rookie in the fifth-year tight end. Trent Sherfield also had one from Thompson where the rookie did a nice job coming, or rather Sherfield did a nice job coming back to the football when the rookie, Thompson, escaped the pocket for a nice touchdown connection there in red zone work. Back to the running backs. Thought Miles just flat out looked good today. Looked really, really good. He weaved his way between some traffic and an 11-yard touchdown scamper, and he hit an explosive play. They were running from the plus 40 or so yard line for a 15-plus yard gain. Tough to gauge uh, without live contact, but if you haven't seen his feature on our YouTube channel for Miles Gaskin, go check that out right now. It's heart on my sleeve, Seattle. Our video crew took a trip out to Seattle to catch up with Miles and his former college teammate, Race Porter, about their heart on my sleeve Seattle uh, clothing line and the importance of starting the conversation about mental health, a topic near and dear to my heart. Great stuff, Miles. Let's go ahead and hear from Miles real quick on the speed of the offense and what he's seen so far through practice. What's the speed like? Uh, I've never been an offense that moves like this. Uh, The old linemen are going. We racing every day. Everybody wants to be the fastest guy out there every single day. It's a competition, so I mean, that's that's what you want in the league. Uh, Compete every single day with your teammates and it's going to translate to Sunday. Up front on the offensive line, I eschewed the receiver cornerback one-on-one matchups. To get a look at the pass rush drills, I want to first go ahead and hear from Connor Williams about the benefit of one-on-ones for the offensive line. Here's the Dolphins' newest offensive lineman, or one of the new offensive linemen, Connor Williams. You know, that's uh, that fine-tunes a craft, and definitely in a, uh, an environment like that where it's just completely one-on-one and no sideboards and everything, um, it comes down to technique, and that's where you can become a technician with the person you're going against, and it's good look for both sides. I also followed up with Connor about who maybe stood out to him in those one-on-one matchups, and he didn't hesitate to mention Raekwon Davis's strength specifically, which was cool because right before that, Raekwon praised Connor's quickness as something that has helped him learn to react and play faster uh, heading into year three of his career here, but also praised Connor Williams and his strength, which I thought was on display dealing with those bull rushes from Raekwon, from Christian, from Zach, all the big dudes up front. As a whole, I thought the offensive line really acquitted itself well in this period. I noted consistent wins from Big Rob, Austin, Liam, Connor, and some other guys. So good work on the Dolphins' offensive line. We've seen those clean pockets kind of increase throughout the throughout the training camp so far for this Dolphins' front. One guy, though, had his fair share of wins on defense. We'll come back and talk about that and the work behind the scenes that this productive defensive lineman group have been putting in to translate into on-field success. That's next here on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember the, I think it was the Friday podcast when I talked about Christian, Zach, and Emmanuel getting some extra work between reps at practice? I had a chance to ask Coach Austin Clark, the Dolphins defensive line coach, about that today. And it was a lot of fun to hear him talk about those guys' mindset, their work habits, and ultimately the veteran presence and veteran lessons they've learned and how it makes them even better at their craft. Here's Coach Austin Clark. Yeah, I would say there's there's definitely an element of as a group, not, not just me as a coach, but them as players and Derek LeBlanc, our, our other D-line coach, myself, of, hey, here's the standard. Here's what we expect out of you guys, all right? During practice, this is what we're going to do. Before practice, this is what we expect. Post-practice, this is what we expect. I will say, though, with that, the majority of these guys, especially those two, if they mess something up in practice, they're going to fix it at the end of practice if that rep never came back up, you know? If, uh, if they lost on a specific block, if a game didn't hit, they're going to clean that up and work that out amongst themselves as well. And uh, it's really cool to see because sometimes, you know, they're coming to the sideline and you're going to get to them on what just happened. And they're telling you what went wrong because they're starting to be able to identify problems uh, as veteran players. And it's really exciting and it's fun to coach those two guys. And Zach Sealer himself also talked about it after practice. Here's the Dolphins defensive lineman. Yeah, um, I think being with Clark and uh, just the D-line in general for so many two, three years now, um, it's one of those things where as soon as it happens, you kind of know, like, oh, shoot. My hand wasn't right in that play or out of bad step. Um, so we kind of both will sit there and I'll, he'll run off and I'll tell him something. I'll run off. He'll like, hey, man, you messed that up. And we'll make sure we focus on that after to really try and hone in on that. How long do you feel like it took you to get to that place where you could recognize it that quickly? And, and... Um, I think we're still getting there. Uh, we're still improving. Um, but just the, the Clark and the Pete Jenkins stuff has really been uh, integral in our progress, I think, in teaching us kind of what we're looking for. And Sealer was a problem on Monday. He won the majority of his one-on-one pass rush reps. Then he was just in the backfield all day. And I've been wrong on these so far, but he's my pick for the orange jersey tomorrow. Did I mention that Tyreek Hill was in the orange jersey on Monday? He joins Javon Holland as the only two-time wearers of the orange jersey. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Coach Clark talking about Christian Wilkins, who had, I think, my favorite rep of camp today. On top of his usual production... (laughs) I'm laughing because it was so funny to me. He applied pressure on Tua on a red zone rep that forced a throw away. Tua just chucks this thing to the other practice field. Get rid of it, move on to the next play. And 94 turns around and sprints. Not a run, a 28 days later infused sprint and goes and retrieves the football. I remember seeing Christian last year after a media session just saying, dude, like the way you retrace screens, it gets the people going. And he was a big fan of that. 
And we saw that here. The way that you work in early August is how you'll work in a must-win game in January, right? Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Clark once again now on the other defensive lineman, uh, a part of this duo, Zach Sealer. Here he is talking about Christian Wilkins. Yeah, I think for him, uh, you know, specifically, it's realizing, like, obviously it's a new year, it's a new slate, and to keep that same focus he had throughout training camp on technique, attention to detail, and fixing some of the issues from the year prior, that you just don't show up to training camp with no issues, you know, that the things that showed up playing with tight elbows in the run game, knocking guys back, pursuing the ball, and, and all the focus he put on his pass rush, we have to keep all, put it all together now to be a consistent player down in, down out. And he's done that, and uh, this guy works his ass off every day in an off season. And, uh, you know, we expect that out of every player, though, to be honest with you. Every guy on the front, we expect them to be better yesterday or today than they were yesterday and better this year than they were last year. Always enjoy those chats with Coach Clark. Also up front, I thought Raekwon Davis was once again excellent. His pass rush seems to be improving as we go along. Those three guys up front have been as good as any trio of players at any position so far through camp. Zach Sealer also talked a little bit about Raekwon Davis, how great he thinks he's doing. Said he's seeing blocks, seeing reads, looking slim and feeling good. Fun moment there as they kind of came together at the end of the respective presser. The start of Raekwon's presser talked a little bit about uh, Raekwon's fish out of water episode of or the episode of fish out of water on our youtube channel with raekwon davis and his his uh time as a gladesman out there in the florida everglades emmanuel ogba had a nice day today too he had a pressure early in teamwork a sack later on and had a really good rep against the run that looked like it might get out the gate but then he came off his block and shut that down sometimes making stops for five yard gains are huge plays because you're preventing a potential you know 30 40 70 yard run at times i'm not saying that was that play but Sometimes you have to really note what a guy does in a play to save yardage more so than the the actual loss or a short gain that he might have produced there. At linebacker, Duke Riley had a beautiful pass breakup that you probably saw on our social accounts. Hunter Long pulls down a high pass that was thrown up and away from the defense in the back line there, but Duke stayed patient, stayed with it, and punched it out on the way down. I thought Brennan Scarlett had a good pass rush period in the one-on-one drills and also brought his usual lunch pail to the run game and team period. I saw a rep where it looked like Cedric Wilson might catch a pass over the middle and run for a minute, kind of like Tyreek and Jalen did earlier in practice. But Sam Egwavon did an excellent job getting depth, reacting to the play, and influencing the passing lane enough to cause an incompletion. And we'll go ahead and finish up here in the defensive backfield with our notes. Xavier Howard is just... He's always in such good shape, and I love that he's giving the quarterbacks and receivers some of these contested throws that just help them really perfect their craft. Again, on social, I'm sure you guys saw it, there's a clip of Tua throwing in one-on-one passing receiver versus cornerback drills, and it's just the smallest of tire swings he has to get it through for a completion to Jalen Waddle because X is right there all over him. That's the kind of looks that he's been giving guys all camp. It's really effective, not just for him, but for the offense. And, you know, I don't have splash plays to relate back to because when you're that good in coverage, sometimes the splash plays can elude you, which is also what makes Xavier's interception numbers in his career absolutely absurd. So, man, he's fun to watch out there. I thought Verone McKinley was solid today as well. There was a lot of throwaways despite some time to throw, which typically tells you good coverage right and without knowing exact details of these plays or calls I thought he was in good shape and communicated well to get a lot of those shot calls covered up down the field 
Uh, Trill Williams in the defensive backfield got that pick and just continues to look the part with his length and physicality. Also talked to the media a little bit after practice. Go check that out if you have not done so yet. And finally, I thought Keon Crossan had another good day in practice. Some sticky coverage in the red zone period. Some activity coming up as a tackler is another time or another day of doing that for him. Just another solid day for number 27. Let's go ahead and take our last break here. That's the practice notes and get some sound from media today. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Winkfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something I thought was pretty cool today at Dolphins practice was during the stretching lines, as the defense does those backpedal, open the hips, shuffle, kind of get the hips, get the quads, get everything loosened up. Then you run back to the perimeter uh, just to finish out the drill. But there was... One guy up top directing traffic, motioning when to flip, when to shuffle, and that was Javon Holland. And I thought it was interesting because we had just talked to Pat Sertan, uh, Dolphins defensive back assistant coach, and he talked a little bit about Javon's leadership and the ability of such a young player to quarterback the defense. Here's Patrick Sertan as we go through some more media from Monday morning with the assistant coaches talking about the second-year safety out of Oregon, Javon Holland. Off the charts, you know, just just as a a rookie safety in this league, to to be able to call a defense, make all the checks, get everybody lined up. He's, he's the quarterback of the of the defense, and uh, you know that that's the, the special guys have that that unique aspect to their game where, where they see everything, they they know all the checks, and he's definitely one of those guys. Let's play a couple of Q&A here with Dolphins defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. First, he was asked about the fun, or I should say. The challenges, but also the excitement about trying to match wits with Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel is kind of the offensive play caller on that side of the ball. But Josh had a little more nuance to give us than that. Here's Coach Boyer talking about the first week of camp and the fun of going up against Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins offense. To answer that is really kind of twofold. One, we got pads coming up uh, tomorrow. But I would say the way that the practice structure is structured and uh, Coach McDaniel uh, McDaniel has done a great job with this. Is all of our practices ha- need to have like good intent and be deliberate on what we're doing because we're only given so many practices. Um, now, once you add the pads, that adds a little bit different element to it. But I think uh, collectively working as an offense and defense, um, we're, we're getting good work without pads. And um, so that's been good. I would say all the way back to the spring to answer the other part of your question, is uh, we've been talking philosophy, uh, scheme, um, things that 
you know, that we view defensively that may hurt their scheme or things that they view offensively that may hurt our scheme. And then ultimately it comes down to execution. Um, and uh, so it's been good to have the back and forth and to have those conversations, and they've continued on a daily basis. Um, we usually have them, you know, every day um, and talking about things that are coming up or, hey, you know, this stresses us on this or this stresses us on this. Those conversations are constant. We've also heard players talk a lot about the uh, conflict of having to cover so much grass with how this do- offense can challenge you in that way. Here is Dolphins defensive coordinator Josh Boyer talking about what the good offenses do and what he sees from this Dolphins offense, mimicking that in terms of how they can make you defend every blade of grass. Yeah, um, well, first of all, I mean, they're going to test your edges. you got to do a good job of setting and um, setting your edges. And then once you do that, if they can get you moving laterally, that puts creases in the defense. And then, obviously, they, they do a great job of marrying – uh, the play action with the run. Uh, so again, that you know, you're trying to stay square. You're not trying to run lateral. Then all of a sudden, it's a pass. You got to get back to your drop. So it puts a lot of stress on a lot of players in different positions. Uh, they do a great job with the the receivers. Um, you know, I know everybody's talking about Tyreek and Jalen, um, their speed, them getting down the field. But those guys are doing an outstanding job blocking. Uh, they're making it really hard up for us defensively. Um, to tell whether it is run or pass. So all those things, you know, they try to put you in a run-pass conflict, which, you know, uh, good offenses are going to do. And that certainly is what we're aiming for here in South Florida. Good offense, good defense, good football team, and hopefully lots of wins. The Dolphins spent their third-round draft choice this past April on rookie linebacker Channing Tindall out of Georgia. And I keep telling you guys this, he's making plays every single day. And we heard Josh Boyer compliment the fact that he is flashing a lot in that regard. And Coach Campanelli had a chance to follow up on that and talk a little bit about the flashes that he sees and the focus on keeping it consistent, but also the work that Channing puts in to get himself in position to make those plays on a consistent basis. Let's go back to the secondary now and hear from Coach Sam Madison, who talked a little bit about Dolphins cornerback Noah Igbenogany. I'm very, I'm very happy with Noah and the things that he's doing. He's still learning. You know, um, when you go back, I first get here, I go through a lot of the different tape and try to see the things that, um, that he's been, you know, um, had an opportunity to see. There's a lot of things that he haven't been able to see. So throwing a lot of different things at him. Now you got a totally different offense, um, a lot of two-back sets, a lot of two tight end sets, whereas you're going to see in the National Football League, you got a lot of three wide receiver sets. So things that you're going to be able to see, you, you, get, you get it out here in practice, and then you'll be ready and prepared for once the season starts. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Coach Ty McKenzie, who talked a little bit about Dolphins outside linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle, who also spoke to the media today. And for time purposes, I'll direct you to the team YouTube channel for the media availabilities on Monday. We had several guys, players, and coaches speak, trying to keep the podcast here around a half hour as we do each and every day here on the Drive Time Podcast. Finishing up with Tyrone McKenzie here talking about Andrew Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle, he's doing well. He's getting better every day. And... Uh, he's another guy like Jalen that came in here and just you know was open to taking a new coaching, new direction, uh, and kind of you know acting very well. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Monday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Fun pod there talking to coaches and players, breaking down some practice, and we'll see you all back out here on Tuesday 
at Dolphins practice back open to the fans. First fully padded practice of the year as well. Cannot wait to get out there for that. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins for all the coverage of training camp you could possibly ask for, as well as on MiamiDolphins.com with the written training camp notebook as well written by yours truly. Also, the Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. That'll be back on Wednesday, this week at 8, with the guys from The Fish Tank. Check out their podcast, Seth and OJ. The Tim Bowens episode's up as well. And also the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities and much, much more. Fins up, Caroline. Daddy's coming home.